I wanted to thank you for joining a conversation with an open minds podcast. I hope today that after listening to us, you'll be inspired, motivated, or moderately entertained. But most of all, we just want you to listen to us and have an open mind while doing so. I am one of the three co-hosts of this podcast, and you can call me KT. One of our other co-hosts is a man who knows needs no introduction, as he wouldn't do him any justice whatsoever, but I would like to tell you that we'd like to call him the greatest of all time. And the G is silent. Hi, everyone. What's up, <laughs> Noah? How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you, KT? I'm doing very good, sir. Doing very good. Excellent. Randall, you good? <laughs> I'm good, sir. Nice. Our other co-host, last but definitely not least, is Randall the Magnificent, who will start off our conversation today with a, the topic of why do Black Lives Matter? And I will allow you to listen to Randall and let him tell you what he has to say. All right. Hello, everybody. I'm Randall. Uh, I want this podcast to be, um, hopefully somebody gets something out of this. And I want to get something out of this understanding because I think when people talk they gain understanding I don't know everything I'm not professing to know everything I like to learn from others and hopefully uh, others can learn from me Um, today we're going to be talking about uh, why black lives matter of course we see in the media and what's going on in the world right now with police brutality Um, and we want to talk about that the first thing I'm going to say because it's been a lot of conversation with me. I've seen a lot of things. But the first thing I want to say before we even talk about why Black Lives Matter, because I feel like for some reason, that's a controversial statement. I don't know why. Maybe we'll discuss it today. But it seems pretty simple to me. But for some people in the world, today, it's a controversial statement. So the first thing I like to say is Black Lives Matter, the statement, it's not political. It's not a left or right thing. It's not a political statement. So when you hear people say that, it's not political. It's saying that, hey, my black life matters just as much as anybody else's life. Uh, It's a humanistic matter. And when I say humanistic, you look at the definition, it means concern for human welfare values. It's a humanistic matter. You know, if you're human, and you're in this world and you hear that statement, you should understand that it's a humanistic matter. It's not a political statement. It's not a political matter. So today we're going to talk about why Black Lives Matter. And I have my two compadres, Noah and KT, with me. So I want you guys to chime in uh, whenever you want to. It's a conversation. I'll start it off. So um, to me, to even talk about this, why Black Lives Matter, I feel like you have to go back a little bit to kind of see. Um, well, first, let me go back. I'm African-American, so I'm talking from that point of view. So when I give all uh, these statements or talk about historical events, I like people to know I'm talking from that point of view, which is to me, it's not a it's not a, a black thing or an African-American thing. I think it's uh, American history. We say black history, but I think it's American history. So I looked at it this way. <clears throat> I looked up. My mother was born. I will not give the date because we're on the podcast. But I, I will I give the, the year. Was born in 1960. I won't give the month, but I'll give the year. She was born in 1960. 
July 2nd, 1964, the Civil Rights Act outlawing segregation and discrimination in the USA was brought into law. My mom was born in 1960. So if you know somebody that's 60 years or older, they lived in segregation. I want to let that sink in. If you know somebody 60 years or even 56 years or older, correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, they lived in segregation until this law was passed. That's important when you talk about the history of uh, the trickle-down effect of what has happened in this country with African Americans. So then we 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 move on to this little thing called Jim Crow and segregation. Jim Crow and segregation before the Civil Rights Act that was passed in 1964, Jim Crow lasted, which Jim Crow was, you know, state laws, local laws that enforced segregation. It went from a little period from 1870 to 1965 or 1964 when the Civil Rights Act was passed. That's almost 100 years, people. 100 years of segregation in Jim Crow. Now, uh, to me, that, that says something because you think about a whole race of people that were uh, at the starting point at a race and, you know, the gunner shot his gun and they were not able to move for almost 100 years while everybody else was racing down the 100 meters running these set of people were stuck in the starting blocks I'm a sports person so I like to have sports analogies they were stuck in the starting block for almost 100 years they were getting certain privileges but not enough as most of the other people that were in that country so with that, what do you guys think about that before I move on? You know, just saying that history of, of you know, um, Jim Crow. Do we feel like Jim Crow affected what's going on now? Because I could be wrong. I don't know. What do you guys think? You want to go, KT? No, you go ahead now. Yeah, so <laughs> talking with some of my friends um, that are white, I am also a white person, and... Um, it's funny when you I've been listening to, um, you know, what white is and Caucasian and, you know, Caucasian is kind of a false term in the sense that if you're not from the area of the of the Caucasus uh, mountains, I believe that's what it is. Uh, you're not Caucasian. Um, and for me, I'm actually from that region. So I'm one of the few people that can claim to be a real Caucasian. Um, hmm. But. Um, aside from that, I am a white person. Um, I'm also raised Jewish, so I have that point of view as well. Um, but when it comes to history, I don't think it can be overlooked. And I think that's what's part of it's missing from most white people is that they look at the, the, the world as it is now. And they think that this is the way it is and this is the way it's always been. Um, and when you talk about Jim Crow, I also think that in my point of view from what I've seen and what I've you know could could kind of put myself in those people's shoes it's also the 400 plus years before that of slavery and 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 not just slavery in and of itself but the way that families were separated like the loss of genealogy the loss of history the loss of knowing where people come from I mean you can say Africa but Africa's huge and it wasn't just Africa so there's so much lost when people say, well, that's history. That doesn't matter. It's like, no, that definitely matters. 
Yes. Um, and, and you could look when you talk like when you were talking about Jim Crow, that also plays a part, not just in the overt um, segregation of the whites. On, yes. Of, you know, the blacks in the back of the bus and that sort of thing. It was also all the other things. And I'm sure you'll talk about it, too. But all the systematic racism that kind of was born there, the, the redlining. Yes the the lack of job opportunities the lack of promotions all those things that you know were kind of below the exactly. surface you know um but that is absolutely like you look at the areas of places that we we consider and i'm air quoting a bad neighborhood like in our in, in our area here in central florida there's the paramore area yeah it's not the best neighborhood i mean there's crime there but you know what it was that was the only place the black people were allowed to houses yes and the reason it's it is where it is because there was a red line on the map. Yes, and I, I believe it was right where Division Street yes. is. The, they call it Division Street. The train tracks. You know? Remember, in any in any exactly. city, the train tracks separate black and white neighborhoods. Yep. But sorry, go ahead. Yep. I'm sorry. No, no, and, and and you can actually see that to some extent in some of the areas. Like I lived in Miami for many years. You can see the areas where you have a nice area. Mm-hmm. Like um, uh, around the University of Miami, very ritzy, very uh, high property values and all that. And then across the railroad tracks, you've got a, a, a poorer part of Coral Gables. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at Rollins College here uh, in the Orlando area. And across the tracks, you've got a, a part of Winter Park that is not considered to be a good neighborhood. And it's because of those things of history that, you know, people weren't allowed to buy in any area. They were only allowed to buy here. And also, I mean, it, it's a bit of off race as a topic, but I think a lot for me and thinking about it, a lot of the problems that those areas have and, and the people that live there, yes, they're predominantly of a minority uh, uh, group, but that was by design for over the years. But the biggest problem they have, and, and, and racism is an absolute issue, but I think that also what really plays a part is the poverty yes, aspect. Yes. Um, and those people are poor. And when you're poor and you have less opportunity and you see less opportunity in yes. your future, well, crime is an easy way to make money. Who cares if you go to jail? Because they're going to feed you. They're going to house you. You're going to meet new friends. You're going <laughs> to network, so to speak. So I think that that all plays a part. All of it plays a part with between history, between current events. Um, I don't think you can overlook one for the other. I don't think you can dismiss the history and say that, well, that's ancient history. That doesn't matter. No, it absolutely matters. Um, and when people, and I'll, I'll wrap up here, people say that, you know, also, well, I don't see color. Okay, that's all well and good if you're looking at a resume on a sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at a person, exactly. and we talked about this, yeah. you, you should see color because that's a part of who that person is. Exactly. You know, I mean, so much of a, of a person is based on their history, their family, their culture. Um, you know, I come from, you know, the half uh, Italian side, which is actually full half Italian. Uh grandparents everybody's from italy my other half is from uh, that caucus area of europe and the european jews and ukraine area um so you know you have to take that account that makes you who you are um there's a bit of genetics that goes with that you know i mean not, not just your hair and skin but you know your health aspects and things you know somebody that's adopted wants to know their their health history who were my parents did they have any illnesses what those are the things that get lost when you deal with mm-hmm. slavery and you and you take families apart and there's no linkage to an actual place or past. Mm-hmm. So 
that's my little rant on that. And I mean, we'll, we, we can delve deeper into the things, but you know, from my perspective as a white person, as somebody who is Jewish and has dealt slightly, there's no way I can put myself in the shoes of a black person and live their life. But as a Jewish person, I've had somebody come up to me and say, I've never met a Jewish person before <clears throat> with a little bit of an accent. They, you know, they were, they were from, they were from the, the, you know, the, 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 the mountain areas mm-hmm. um, of the East coast, but but they were they were genuine in that and it wasn't a hateful thing and, it, and that's where you know you you can't hide the color of your skin yes you, know, right. you really can't so you know when people say well blue lives matter it's like okay yeah sure but also black lives matter you can say the one you can say the other mm-hmm. and people choose to be police officers exactly people don't choose to be their race they just become that's just that. what that's, they are and that's, that's who they born. are yeah, right they're yeah. born like that. so so i'll leave it there i'll let KT say something add to the conversation but that was that's my feeling so far well um, from what I've been listening to um, there, there's a few things there um, you kind of brought up uh, black history in that and um, I guess I should start off by saying that I am also black um, Jamaican heritage born in England um, but then became American on purpose mm-hmm. three four years ago um, so uh, my black history is a little bit different than to what I'm personally learning what has been going on over here for hundreds mm-hmm. of years I have a clear understanding of all of that being black and kind of understanding but I can't say that I know that because I never lived that mm-hmm. um, but when you say black history people always get upset by that term they get upset by the the segregation of that term and say why does it have to be that it tells me they don't understand why it's there in the first place mm-hmm. it's it's not there because we wanted it there it's not there because we want to be different it's not there because we want to have our own thing it's there because we didn't have it in the first place mm-hmm. it wasn't you know when you look at the constitution when it was written and it says all men were created equal Mm-hmm. It probably should have had in parentheses except minorities. Truth. Because when you look at how the minorities have been treated over the years, they've always been considered a second-class citizen at best. Maybe someone not even human. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, the... And I, I don't even like the term, but I want to say the, the white race, if you want to call it that, have always been the dominant race. They've always been the one leading the pack setting the tone mm-hmm. so it's very hard forwarding 500 years later and saying why do you have to have black entertainment mm-hmm. why do you have to have a black America and when you want to go back and talk about history they don't want to hear that because I wasn't there mm-hmm. and it's like it's not the point the point is trying to get you to understand back then and relate it to now mm-hmm. and and kind of say that um because of what happened back then and because what happened back then continued even though there were subtle changes over the years even though you know voting became an issue even though like you say you know segregation became an issue even though we started to overcome certain obstacles inherently it's still there yes and that that you can't get out of people uh-huh. yeah I, and go ahead go ahead, go ahead. no i was just what i was going to say I, I, I was going to say the the only I think eventually we will get away from it because, you know, we have a generation of, and they call them millennials, that generation on who, as we sometimes kind of, you know, 
um, you know, poke fun at the the non-binary, the people that don't want to identify. Mm-hmm. When you come down to that and they don't want to identify, that in and of itself will slowly start to sift out some of that inherent racism in people that they don't see things that way. It may create something else, but I believe the inherent hatred for another person for being a different color or from a different place or having a different accent, I think that in and of itself will go away. Yeah, and and I was going to add to that. Just in, in, in modern day culture, you've got a perfect example with the Confederate flag. Yes. And people don't equate that to the the Civil War and the Confederacy and what they really stood for. Exactly. You know, and and this is where this is where history gets stupid because it, it's a false narrative to say that you know, and this is just history in general. A lot of it is biased towards the white point of view. Yes. Where the the Civil War was a, a war of Northern aggression. Mm-hmm. That it was it was actually for states' rights, and the reality is it was for the right for those states to own people. Or not even people to own slaves as property. Yes. Right. So the Confederate flag, you know, they make a false equivalency when they say, "Oh, it represents the South." It's like no, no. it doesn't. It 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 did in the Confederate yeah. days and for the Confederate fight, but it, it shouldn't be anymore. I mean, it's a good-looking flag. It was great on the on the General Lee and the Dukes of Hazard, yeah. <laughs> but it should be understood for what it is—that it's a representation of the Confederacy and. I don't know if y'all, you probably do, but there's a great speech that's written out that really exemplifies what the Confederacy was. It's the Cornerstone speech. I heard of that. Alexander I think Stevens. I heard of that. Yeah. He, it's a long speech. It's not recorded. I mean, it was before recording, but it was written out. And basically it says the cornerstone of the Confederacy is the subjugation of black people to white yes. people. Yes, I think I've heard and, of that. And, and yeah, I mean, and it, it's just, it, things are lost along the way. And the whole... And I'll do a little rant on history. The whole idea that history is is based, biased, and based towards the white point of view, where you have a person like Christopher Columbus, as held up as a hero, as an icon of he discovered America. Well, no, he didn't discover America. He he, he took a wrong turn and thought he was in <laughs> exactly. India. Exactly. Right. That's why they're called Indians, which is not an accurate term <laughs> exactly. either. Exactly. But but to claim he was a good person is completely wrong. He was a horrible person. Yes. Um, you know, not only for, you know, no, he got a whole for, day, for, he got a whole day. I don't even know how that happened, but whatever. well, I, I've heard, I've heard other, you know, stories and why it happened. And it was like, oh, let's just, let's, let's just sugarcoat this and make it look pretty. It's like, okay. But you know, that that's part of the problem too, is trying to erase that false history. And people say, well, it's revisionist history. It's like, no, mm-hmm. we're trying to trying to get rid of the revisionist history and get back to the, the real, real history. history. Thank you. Yeah. That, you know, it was about slavery and, and that it's it history does matter and that those things, like you all said, it still happens. Yeah. And we're right. still feeling the effects of it. So well, my rant's over. Go ahead. You know what though? When you say history, uh, and I think it was uh, Trevor Noah that said, you know, history is always told by the side of the winner. Exactly. And so you are right. when you think about the history that you're getting. You're getting one side, one point of view, one version. There are multiple versions of that out there because everybody has their own. But in overall, you're getting one point of view of it and that's it. You don't get to hear the other side of what really happened. So when everyone looks at history and says, that's the way it is, right. they seem to think that's the gospel and there is no other story that goes along with it. Not realizing that, no, there are like 8 million other stories out there this one is just one of them. Like, I, I believe if you talk to 
I don't know where you're gonna talk to. Maybe out west, some Indians about American history. They're not gonna have a favorable nope. view nope. of American nope. history. Yeah. And yet but, we celebrate this great holiday where yeah. And it's when you say that, I, I've, together, I've always like, poked eh. fun at that. I was like, why are we doing this? Mm. Granted, <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, from a from a totally un-American right. point of view, too. I'm like, like, why are we doing this? We're doing this. We're having fun and i'm thinking the indians aren't yeah yeah they now be still yeah. poor exactly now um i want to add to this too that anything that you know we say or i say on here i like to tell people look it up just don't take my word for it i'll yeah. add in a couple things right. i don't Absolutely. even really really want to talk about them because i want to get back on the black lives matter but look up birth of a, look up birth of a nation woodrow wilson yeah. february 18 1915 birth of kkk yeah. You know, racism was cooked into the batter of America. Look that up, but we don't have yeah. time. Jim Crow. We'll, yep. We, for know, another day. Yep. If, yeah. If you look in, if you listen to this podcast, look up that stuff and and uh, first movie yes, shown yes, in the yes. White House. Yeah. So let's get to yeah. Black Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter was founded by three women. I'm gonna butcher their names, guys. I know I'm gonna butcher their names, <laughs> but it was, it was three <laughs> black women that that founded this. Let her rip. Paris, Paris Khan Coolers, Colors, sorry, is one. Alicia Garza is two. And Opal Tometi, Tometi is the third. These are all three black women that started Black Lives Matter. And before I get to their mission statement, because even that's been controversial with people, I just don't, it's like every step yeah. of this has been controversial for people to knock it down when they they were talking about when they said black lives matter they were saying that's the minimum matter the minimum mm -hmm. that should be you know equated to society they're not saying black lives are better than everybody else's they're not saying black lives are um do more or whatever they say hey we matter in this society you just can't keep killing us and expecting us to just say that's okay we're asking for equality. So in their mission statement, I went and I looked at their mission statement because um, I can't remember. I was telling you guys it was a whole other thing on Facebook, you know, social media, yeah, back and forth about their mission oh, statement. Yeah. Um, they said the reason why they founded Black Lives Matter was mission to build local power and intervene when violence is inflicted on Black communities by the state or vigilante and I think the reason why they put that vigilante thing in there is because of the hate groups you know in the 1920s yeah. we had the KKK when I was talking about birth of the nation but right, right now we have you know the white supremacy groups that infiltrate like we saw in Minneapolis we saw people out there that were infiltrating Black Lives Matter acting like they were part of the protest but they were really setting fires to buildings and you know all that stuff so they're against that you can read more if you go to their website you type it in black lives matter go straight to their website it tells you what they're buying basically what they're saying they want to be inclusive to to this movement not just black people we need white people we need uh hispanics you know what i'm saying we need uh uh lbgtq we need everybody to come in and say hey man basically not only that black lives matter we, we understand that, but they want to put under a whole umbrella that hate in general is bad. We know hate in general is bad, but right now the fire in this house, which is Black Lives Matter, is raging right now. And we need to push this 
to the forefront. So, like I said, don't take my word for it. Look up what they're about. Don't let people just tell you what they're about or, or give you a talking, you know, a talking point. Or, oh, this is why they're wrong and this is what they're doing. Actually, do the research yourself. So, if you listen to this podcast, please do the research. Um, so, here's my thing. Here's the big thing that Black Lives Matter was talking about. They focused in because we've seen the last, what is it, 2020? Let's go back to Trayvon Martin. I guess I know it was before that. We had police brutality before that. But I think Trayvon Martin was a, a, a start, yeah. a, a, a catalyst to what we're talking about. I, police brutality, you know. Um, what is that? What does that look like, you know? Um, to me, I think people of color are over-policed. And when I say over-policed, <clears throat> this is why this Black Lives Matter group was formed. When I say over-police, meaning that they come in contact, or when they come in contact with police, they come in contact more often in their neighborhoods for minor things. Saying that police officers pull them over or stop them for minor things to try to get them on major things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The bus and they're stopping like, Yeah, exactly. And then when and then when something happens, people of color are not given the benefit of the doubt. And that goes to white privilege. We can get into white privilege and you know yep. what that is. <laughs> but like I give yeah. an example. I won't mention his name and you guys know what I'm talking about. We have a friend, a mutual friend that we always talk about um you know police stops and one day we were talking about a police stop and he said hey man if i'm stopped you know i'm i'm not even rolling my window down for a police officer i'm gonna take out my uh id put it up against the window and he can read it there i have a right as an american citizen to do that and he can't stop me basically saying that hey man you're the police but i have rights i i immediately told him that a person of color could not do that. They would yep. be shot and killed. They would be pulled out of that car, shot and killed. It, it would not go down like that because when you're over police and you're looked at in a threatening manner or you looked at in a fearful manner, you know, uh, the incident never happens like that. You know, we're not able to... Um, we don't have the ability to talk our way through a situation or, or even argue through a situation or even in some instances, man, I've seen on social media, you know, police officers actually letting, you know, white guys run around and tell them to stop and calm down. And that, that didn't happen for Tamir Rice. And we'll get into that. That didn't happen. That didn't happen for him. That didn't happen for George Floyd. You know what I'm saying? That, that didn't happen. For some reason, I, and I'm going to um, say this, I'm going to let you guys jump in. And I, I wrote down this statement and I want to read it. And then I'm going to let you guys jump in on everything we've been saying. I feel like as um, when white people walk in this world and we're talking black and white, they're able to walk as individuals. Uh, Noah Edelman, able to walk as Noah Edelman. I feel like for some reason, when black people walk in this world they gotta walk as a group and the reason why I'm saying this that leads back to the over police and harassment if I Randall am walking down the street in a white neighborhood I look suspicious they're gonna call the cops on me as we know about the whole Karen incident with the guy in the park 
in uh in New York City. If Noah walks in our city in Pine Hills as a white guy, he's fine because he's Noah. Nobody's gonna call the police on him. You know, nothing's gonna happen to him. And that's where it gets into the whole we have to walk as a group and we carry all the burdens of whatever happened to somebody on us as a people. So if this one black dude robbed somebody uh over in the east side, we're gonna stop we're gonna start stopping all these black dudes when we see that they're suspicious. How do you guys feel about that part? Well usually I hear that same uh you know, point from people that say, well, just because you have one bad cop doesn't mean them all bad. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, right. and yet they're going to turn it around and kind of be hypocritical and, and kind of feel that way about black people, like you said. Right? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I, um, so <clears throat> go ahead, Katie. Well, I was going to say, uh, um, in thinking about a lot of what you said, for me, kind of goes back to um, segregation from the beginning where I was, there's a couple of things that I had read and I'd watched where they basically stated that they purposely put the black community on the west side of town. Mm-hmm. You know, and started to create, you know, communities over there. And basically it was a way to control, basically it was a way to keep them away and have the train tracks basically as a stopping point mm-hmm. that don't go this far. <clears throat> um... But because of that, mm-hmm. and because of the uh, the neighborhoods being are what they are, because of black people not being able to be seen in a different light, um, it's very hard for anybody, any person of color, to basically just be who they want to be. Exactly, that's because what I'm saying. As, as you said, you know, a black person beat somebody up on the street over there, we're all going to get looked at. Exactly. Doesn't so, matter if you were there or not. So It's just it, like, it's just, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead, you can say it. No, I'm saying it's just like if, say if, if two black guys just robbed somebody in, uh, uh, on the east side, you know, or in Windermere, and me and KT just so happened to be walking uh, on Kirkman and uh, Conroy Road. When that APB goes out, those police officers, they're stopping every two black guys is walking. You're getting stopped. I'll sure. put that out. And I'll put that on my mom. You getting stopped. And you mm-hmm. getting asked, where are you going? What you been doing mm-hmm. tonight? Give me your mm-hmm. ID. And your, your whole status is being run. And, and that's what I'm saying. When we're getting over police. We, as a group, we have to walk as a group. So when something happens, like, you know what I'm saying? You, you're getting stopped, which leads me to, um, I don't know if you want to expound on that before I go into this. Well, next I was going to say, think about Philando. Think about Philando Castillo. I was just about to get to that. I was just about to go In ahead. Minnesota. Yeah. The, the story came out that they supposedly, him and his girlfriend supposedly, had robbed a convenience store. And they met that description, which is why they got pulled over. Yes. Now, they saw the video footage from the convenience store, and you couldn't tell who it was. Exactly. As great and as blurred as it was. So, we can fit the shady description of a person of color did this, and we'll just look at all of them. And guess what? Even if it isn't you, we'll make it. 
Exactly. You fit the description. What we say, uh, five nine, one sixty five, black. That's man. right. Well, and two will do, man. And, and it goes back to you know, in one instance, Trayvon Martin, where you know you've got a kid, regardless of what he looks like, regardless if you think he's up to no good, that doesn't matter. He's a black kid in a hoodie walking through a neighborhood, and you've got a guy that's stalking him, thinking that he did something wrong, that wants to take him down, that has already called nine one one. Mm-hmm. The whole thing goes down. George Zimmerman winds up killing this kid because he's getting his ass kicked by this kid that he was chasing. He starts the fight, he loses the fight, and he kills the kid. And Noah, what did 911 tell George Zimmerman? To stay back. Exactly. Yep. And he didn't No, listen. sir, we got that. But what yes. happens nope. after the fact, and, and this plays into the Black Lives Matter, is because now Trayvon Martin is the criminal. He turns into the bad guy when he's just a kid that, you know, who cares if he has any criminal record? He is a kid walking down the street. Who cares if he looks like somebody that might have done something? Maybe he was looking at houses and all that kind of rumor, whatever. But I've got a kid that did nothing wrong to justify somebody looking at him and following him. And like I said, the whole story turns around where George Zimmerman is now some people considered the hero and the black kid that didn't have a gun is the criminal yeah. he's the exactly. bad guy the and one that's dead the one that's yeah. dead on the ground and, 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 speak I, himself. and i think when it comes to the black lives matter and the, and the way that slogan and, and statement what it what it means to me as a white person that that feels <laughs> feels for the cause that thinks that it's it is worthy that it should be the case that black lives it's that and, and over history and and tell me if i'm wrong but when things happen where somebody is killed and that's usually what happens. The, the person, the suspect, like Philando Castile, um, uh, George Floyd, um, Eric Gardner. There's so many. There's so yes. Many. They're <laughs> killed. And the problem is, is that nobody is held to account. The officer, exactly. the system right. that allows it is not held to account. So when people say Black Lives Matter, it's because these things have happened and nothing has been done that has any sense of justice or closure or peace for the people that you have a person that died at police hands police custody what was the guy that that was killed in the car the police car that they Freddie they, Gray Freddie Gray. Gray yeah you've got yeah. people that are killed in police custody that should yeah. be in police custody and and they're killed the murdered 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 police are devastated that, and and nothing happens to the people and that's why in in my opinion because they should matter. Okay, if, if bullshit like that happens, then those people need to be held into account, and they're not. Exactly. And that's why that's why the movement is Black Lives Matter. And that's my point of view, but I, I do think that's really what it's about. And it, it, it's just, it's systematic. It's it's just, it needs to stop. And, and, look, and, look, and look at this, um, because I had to research. I looked at all the cases, and man, let me tell you, it made my head hurt. And I realized how many, if you actually write on paper, like from Trayvon Martin, how many black people have been killed unnecessarily by the police that we know of, not even the ones yeah. we don't know of. It's a lot, right, yeah. man. It makes you sad. Like, like, yes. let's, like, let's look at the case of Philando Castile. Okay. Man, if you talk, if you go, now you, you wouldn't see it then because, you know, it was distorted. If you go and talk to anybody, this guy was he went to work. He loved kids. You know, all the kids loved him. All the people in his job loved him. You know, he was driving with his girlfriend. 
And like KT said, um, they had a robbery. They fit the description, whatever that means, and they were stopped. So while they were stopped, you know, I even went back and looked at the video again, even though it made my head hurt. It, it really like, you know, you have to take a breath when you do that. They're stopped, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the um, if you read the the paragraph, the the officer asked him, you know, uh, hey. You know, I'm stopping you for such and such. And he asks an officer, well, why did you stop me? You know, so then the officer tells him, hey, I need you um to get your wallet. You know how officers do get your wallet, ID, register, you know, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. Philando Castile tells him, hey, I'm a gun owner. I have my license. My gun's in here. And my wallet is in here. Right. He goes to grab for his wallet while his gun was in his glove compartment right the officer says what are you doing what are you doing and he's like I'm getting what you told me to get and correct me if I'm wrong the officer shoots him twice as he's as his his baby daughter is in the back and his girlfriend is in the driver's seat that's when she starts the video and like why did you shoot my boyfriend the officer has no explanation. What he does next is pulls the girlfriend out of the car and she's frantic asking, why did you shoot him? You look look at the video. People that listen to this podcast, don't believe me. Look at the video. Look at the facts. As he's slumped over, bleeding in the seat, they commence to pull his girlfriend out of the car with the daughter still in the back screaming, put her face into the ground tell her don't move and she's asking why did you shoot him you just killed him why did you shoot him he's a law abiding why was he shot you know um, what is that if he's a gun carrying you know uh, citizen NRA what was the NRA there yeah no they don't they don't care they don't don't really want black people to own guns exactly the the Black Panthers that's when the NRA was like uh, more for that yeah look it up Tell yeah. me about it, Lord of Mofordak, 1967, California. Yeah, Ronald, Ronald Reagan. Yep, there you go. Mm-hmm. A great American right there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Great All my life, I heard about Ronald Reagan as this great president. Man, I could do a whole hour on Ronald Reagan and the stuff he did behind the scenes. But the Mofordak, the 1967, like Noah said, stopped the Black Panthers. It was the only time in history that the NRA supported a weapons ban. Look it up. Yeah. Look it up. The only time. So I'm going to let you talk about Some of your second amendment rights don't fit. Exactly. I'm going to let y'all talk about that and then I'm going to show you how like the Philando Castile and something in history were the same exact things. That's why history means something. But go ahead. So for Philando, I remember looking at the video dash cam. Um, there were two cops on scene. There was the the one that shot him, and then there was a white cop on the other side. And what I noticed in the dash cam video was the cop shot him what appeared to be like four or five times. They were very quick, mm-hmm. almost almost very scared. Yeah, like the way like, like his gun just went off, and he was like pop 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 real quick. He was fearful. His partner never drew his gun. Never, exactly. And I said to myself, so if he didn't. Where was the threat? Because apparently your partner didn't see a threat, and he just stood there with his hands on his waist, just waiting. Um, yeah. So, so 
when when I, when I saw that, and and then you know when I heard about how Freddie Gray snapped his own neck when he was in the back of a exactly. police van, handcuffed, um, or just you know restrained, I should say. I I, I had to ask the question, and I've always asked the question of videos: is what happened? What happened about five or ten minutes before that? Exactly. But with, but with Freddie Gray, I said to I said to somebody, I says, you know, Freddie Gray has now become a closed case. Mm-hmm. I said because the three cops they were acquitted, and then the DA dismissed the charges on the others because they just didn't bother with it. Said to them, the case is closed, and I'm like, yeah, but Freddie's still dead. Exactly. So you're saying he killed himself? Yeah. Because you can't put anybody on it. So. Right. If that happens to anybody else, that if, you, if, that, if, if that was you, yeah, if that was if that was if that wasn't a person of color, yeah, they would find out who that is. They would want to. They would. There would be an investigation, and they would find out who that was. It would be For important. Some reason, it, it, well, yeah, it, so, it, it ties it ties in real quick to what Randall was saying. We were talking about yesterday, where you've got systems in place like the no knock warrant. That wouldn't happen in an affluent, exactly. you know, rich white person no. neighborhood. Mm-mm. So that's how the system is made. So you've got Freddie Gray that dies, and yeah, no, it's 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 closed. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Not I mean, deal. he killed so himself. Just, he killed himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll never get over that. I'm like, you know, his, his his family won't get zero closure because, as far as they're concerned, it's done. Um, so so when you say when you say Black Lives Matter. And because of pe- apparently people hate that term, they 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 don't understand that one. It shouldn't have, shouldn't need to be said in the first place. There's right. no reason we should say a life matters because it should already be understood that it does. It should be. Well, so when we this say is- that it matters, all of a sudden you want to be inclusive and go, whoa, 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 wait, what about me? And it's like, but you weren't in question. Exactly. We're just simply saying. There's there's a thing happening over here, and we need to let everybody know that they count, mm-hmm. that they, they mean something, and it's not about what's going on over there. It's about here, and for some reason, I I don't know why people can't look at it um, from just a, an objective point of view and just look at it and just say you are correct. Black lives do matter, because when you say all lives matter. I have to ask you: Does that include black? Yeah. Exactly. If you can say all lives matter, then you should be able to say black lives matter. You should simply say, "Okay, it's you are right." It. It's part. Yeah. Of it. I mean, because otherwise, what you're really saying is, when you say all lives matter, you're really saying black don't, because you can't say yes to black lives matter. Exactly. Yeah. Why? Why? Why does people? Why do people have a hard time? I don't get I, that. Like, I don't know. Well, I, I, okay. <laughs> so I, I thought about that. Let me do a, l- a little rant if you all indulge. Go me. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. So when it comes to equality, and this this is not in my in my point of view, from what I've seen, it's not just about race. It's about everything else that we say equality for. Mm-hmm. I think that the people at the top, and it's usually the white hetero wasp, um, you know, that demographic, that they're on the top of the food chain. That when they hear people want equality for somebody else, that means that they're going to lose something, mm. and that's what. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's not a rational thought. It's not a rational thing. It's like, well, 
they want to get what they want to do what um hmm i don't know and they have to think about it you know it's, why do you have to think about equality that, <laughs> well because they're i think it's all out of fear they're afraid well, they're gonna lose some sort like the white privilege it's like i don't have any privilege it's like well hold on like we were saying if you can get pulled over by a cop and tell them to go f themselves exactly with confidence that you're not going to get beaten up or dragged to jail then that's that is the definition of privilege. yes and I, I do i do think it's that that fear that something's going to get lost that they're going to turn into the minority or that they're going to be treated the way that they've treated other people mm. in some way shape or form so I, i think a lot of the i think a lot of the freak out factor is based on fear and then out of that there's all the other atrocities that happen you know that, well, that, that nobody's held accountable and, and everything else you know when you say fear um as a few things that i've watched over over the last you know few months the, their fear is valid and the fear is valid because of the violence that they've seen done now the violence they've seen done is as a result of stuff they've done to people mm. So when you see the reaction, explain you see how you upset it, you people get. Yeah, explain when you that. How upset people get when you see the frustration, when you see the anger of of the violence that they are looking at as, oh, I don't want that to happen to me. It's not directed at them; it's because of them, and they don't right. want that turned on them. So when you suddenly say, "Oh, wait a minute, we should all have the same thing," they go, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." can't do that well well, well here's you start giving them stuff yeah here's the you know, thing kt more, i'll start losing here's here's the thing kt because i want to make this clear because i know exactly what you're talking about but sometimes as we know people will take your words and i don't want to take your True. words i don't want to take True. your words out of context right and correct me if i'm wrong what you're saying that if when white people see violence they think that because of some of the things that have been done from their ancestors to black people mm-hmm. that if black people start ensuing or giving that violence back to them right they're fearful yeah. of that that's yes. what, that's yeah yes. okay that's what yes. i want to make sure we the, yeah. they're afraid of the reckoning even that, though yes. it might not might even happen. happen yeah 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 exactly. right. yeah 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 okay okay even though it doesn't even apply it's just their fear of yeah we can't give them anything more so when you you actually go back and talk about that now i actually was even thinking going back to um redcoats and when you go back that far being the class system that it is mm. there were no black yeah. people or anything there were no black people in power there were no black people that were or not even black just people of color that were in any you know positive positions that could help them or help themselves it kind of even started then even though we were used as the slaves to help get them where they needed to be <laughs> christmas addicts you know man yeah, yeah. i mean you know it, it, it's not like i you know they were sitting in africa minding their own business <laughs> saying "Ooh, i want to go across the water and go help some other people out yeah so they came over and just snatched up a whole row of people put me on the slave said, ship and if i can go on over here you know, put you on the ship what are you gonna yeah. do you're gonna row the ship over there <laughs> well how did it get here exactly yeah <laughs> I mean, you didn't have them over there with you, so you had to get the ship to us in the first place. But you go take people from somewhere, drag them all the way over, don't even treat them like a human, you know, rape women, beat men. Mm. Separate your family. Right, and you're okay with that. Now, check this out. 
check this. I'm. A, I'm I don't know if I'm blow your mind, but I don't want to. This is because this this can be a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. But when I was researching Philando Castile, mm-hmm. it made me think about. I don't know if Noah knows who this is. When we talked about the Morford Act. Fred Hampton. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know who Fred Hampton is, Noah. You yep. you mentioned his name. Fred yeah. Hampton was assassinated. People, if you listen to this podcast, oh. do the research. December fourth, nineteen sixty nine. Do the research. This dude was assassinated. If you don't believe me, do do a simple fact check on who Fred Hampton was and the things he did and what he stood for and what he started talking about. Man, the FBI put out a straight hit on him what they did they went into his organization and they found a mole somebody was willing to turn on him and because black people wanted to arm themselves and fight against the oppression that was happening just like Philando Castile had a a gun and I know it's different times but that police officer that police officer saw the same thing in Philando Castile that the FBI of the United States of America saw in Fred Hampton and they said I had to take you out just like that officer said, Philando, I have to take you out. I don't even know why, but you got a gun. I have to take you out, man. And if you don't believe me, well, look it up. Look it up. Well, yeah. think about it. Think about it. Think about it this way, too. So you have, and I'll just throw out a couple of names. You have Martin Luther King. You have Malcolm X. You have Fred Hampton. Um, you have black people that get into positions of power. Mm-hmm. And their power may not even be great. When, it, when, when we look at it, but when you look at it from an outside point of view and you see the amount of people that they can move just with their words yes. to, the, to the white nation, in a sense, that's frightening. And yeah, they have to get rid of that. They're, mm-hmm. they're viewed as a threat. Yeah, and so the only way you can get rid of that is to just straight out kill them. Yeah. Because you can't silence them. It's a sad story, so, man. Look it up. It if is. you got so, a chance, so look it up. I, I looked up Fred Hampton and, and I was just, I was appalled yeah. by the fact that it happened and nothing happened. <laughs> exactly. Even how it happened, like, they just and, ran and up to his house and shot him. Yeah, I mean, and it wasn't even like, it, it was like Breonna Taylor. Yeah. It wasn't even like they were doing anything. It wasn't even like the, uh, the guy from St. Lucia. It, it was yeah. just this whole fact of they came into his house and they shot him. Exactly. And basically were like, and, and they walked out. And then, they said it was, and then on the report they said, which we know reports don't mean <coughs> anything yeah. in this world. They said it was justifiable yeah. homicide. He was sleeping yeah. now. He was sleeping he in was. his bed and they shot him yeah. in his bed. I believe yeah. his girlfriend or his wife was with him. Yeah, and uh, that had, happened. And, and they had a, a guy at the front door, not the front. He was sitting on the couch. He had yeah. a sh- in Fred Hampton, and uh, they shot him in the chest also. But I just wanted yeah. to bring that up because I mean, you can look so, it up. You know, um, so, it's so when when you when, when we say you know when I I have to look at people and say when we say Black Lives Matter, I have to get you to explain to me when we give you these situations why they don't exactly yeah like like explain to me why that doesn't matter to you why you don't see the outrage that i'm seeing when i say to you they walked into the guy's house and shot him don't even ask what he was doing you just walked into the guy's house and shot him Mm -hmm. you flip the flip on that 
um, heard the story about the Minnesota police officer that shot the white woman. Oh, he's, he's already prison. locked up. Yeah, he's already yeah. locked up. It wasn't even a year after that happened. That guy was already tried and locked up. I think he got 12 years. Yeah. About 15 now, years or something like that. He, he was a black officer who apparently killed a white woman. Locked up immediately. Yeah. And yet we and yet we have to sit here and beg for you to understand that when a white officer kills a black man, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's just I, I can't even wrap that concept around my head that you don't get that. So that that's that's one instance. Yeah. So let me take it to another instance. So maybe mm-hmm. you can say maybe a public says, well, that's a black male. He's threatening, you know, however they want to frame it. I don't mm-hmm. believe in it, but however they want to frame it. Let's talk about black children in the police. Let's talk about Tamir Rice. Yeah. 12 year old playing in the park mm-hmm. with a plastic gun. He's playing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody calls. We don't know where this person called from. They could have called from a rooftop, an apartment. They say it's a black guy in the park with a gun looking threatening and menacing. That was the call that went out. Look at the video, people. Don't don't believe me. Look at the video. Look at the facts. The cops show up in three seconds. They show up, open the door, pull their guns. They don't even say freeze. They shoot him down right. in the street without even saying freeze. Uh, we don't know who called the police off. We don't know what happened. He he. The kid was shot. They said, "Oh, he looked like a twenty-year-old male." Well, they didn't even give him a chance to say who he was. They shot him. Uh, the police report said, oh, he was waving the gun. You know, if my thing, if I was a police officer, I would come. And I know it's a split second decision. I get mm-hmm. that. I would say, freeze. Hold your hands up in the air, you know, or something. Now, if they continue to wave the gun and do all kind of erratic things, then maybe you have to move on to something. But if you look at the video, he was shot instantly. Uh, and I, I, I tell people, don't take my word for it. Go to the video and go to the facts, and you'll see it right there. That police officer, he was fired, but he got his he got another job in another right. county. Yeah, uh, a, a year later, so no punishment was done to him. He didn't lose anything. He didn't lose anything by killing this kid because his life, Tamir's Rice's life, did not matter. His black life was not equivalent to something that we need to take seriously. It it was not, yeah. And something similar that happened around the same time. I forget the guy's name, another black guy that was killed, but in Walmart, he was. Right? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was. And uh, and somebody thought he was doing something. Like he had a gun in Walmart because that's where you buy, you could buy guns. Yeah. (laughs) And somebody thought he was a threat and he was killed in the store. They said he was acting erratically and they called a police officer and it it escalated from there. Yeah. See, the problem. The problem we have is you can say certain phrases, you can say certain things, and that justifies your behavior. Yeah. As a police officer, you can say, I was in fear of my life. And I'm like, you should be every day with the job that you have, be in fear of your life that somebody's going to want to kill you, regardless of what their race is. But that should not be a statement used to justify shooting somebody. Two things, two things I think I, I saw in that Tamir Rice, where in every incident, one, the first thing is when it comes to children, Tamir Rice, you know, um, 
and just any black child i feel like black children are seen as adults in the minds of yeah. people more than any yeah. other child you know they're and i look get at rid of the threat early yeah i look at my own son at 16 he was a pretty big kid he was you know 16 he was coming to his own i feel mm-hmm. like he's seen as an adult in the eyes mm-hmm. of society black mm-hmm. kids and i can just only speak on them earlier than uh any other race of kids are so to me in that tamir rice you know incident he was seen you know as an adult even though he was 12 years old i mean yeah he wasn't even given a chance to you know save himself or say who no. he was or what he was doing he was just shot right yeah, yeah it's it's well, ridiculous because what he says doesn't matter they they obviously have an agenda and whatever that agenda is I, i'm not going to say that they're out to kill people like that because i can't fathom that that would be even in their head but you have an agenda and your agenda is met and that's it yeah. I don't care what you have to say to me because whatever you say will not change it yeah. you know a police you can shoot a guy running away from him seven eight times in the back yeah that's okay no that's yeah you know Whereas you tell me, if I was to shoot somebody in the back, you're telling me the threat was no longer there. So why did I have to do that? Right. Tamir, Tamir Rice, you know, um, Trayvon Martin, seen as adults. Yeah. Eyes of the law. Another thing I think that, I think cops need more training, man. Six-month academy, that's not enough. It's, it's obvious uh, they need more training. They need Well, I, I, as much as I agree with anybody needing more training, you can never train enough. Um, True. I, I believe that two things. One, it's part of that person's culture, whoever that person is. As we say, not all cops are bad. Mm-hmm. I have friends that are police officers that I know Yes. To, to myself that they're not that type of person and I would not put them there. Now they could prove me wrong. But I would say that there are certain people that I can point at and go, he would not do that. Mm-hmm. Now, there are other ones that I could look at and I could say he would. Mm-hmm. You call it stereotyping. That's mm-hmm. what they do to us. Yeah. But what bothers me more is so when you have Eric Garner, and I saw the video again the other day, and I'm like, Eric Garner was a big dude. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have approached him personally because, you know, I'm not going to try to fight this guy. Um, but you have eight to 10 cops, and they're all choking him, or one guy's got a chokehold on him, and he gets into the ground. And I'm thinking at that point, once you've got him to the ground, you should be okay. Mm-hmm. You don't need to choke him anymore, but he continues to do it until he stops breathing. Um, but with that being said, the chokehold is illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And since Eric Garner to today, the chokehold of any kind is illegal. Mm-hmm. And yet still, they're allowing them to do this. Yeah. Yep. Still, there is no repercussion. Even if you said we fired the guy and he needs to be put away because he used an illegal move, a move not sanctioned by the whatever city police department, you just say, no, it's okay. He needs more training. We'll do this and we'll get this guy right again. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't make no sense. You tell me a guy's doing something that is against your policy and your recommendation is we'll train him. He'll be mm. fine. Yeah. Not for the person that said. Now, now, guys, we're at the um, we're at the hour point right now. I think uh, discussion has been good, but uh, yes, I think yeah. we should break here. 
Well, yeah. how about how about a closing argument? Because I not argument, but closing thought. Go I ahead. Got, I got some things that tie into it all. That when we talk, to, um, you know, you identify the problem, right? You mm-hmm. have to the problem, identify what it is, and mm-hmm. I like to think of solutions. That's just how my brain works. And you know, some okay. things I think are going to take years and generations for people to overcome their fear of you know the other. You know, having more black neighbors, having more black coworkers, and just understanding that hey, we're all people. You know, we all want the same thing. Yeah, we look different, we come from different places, but we're all people. But I think that one of the things that could be done sooner than later, and it's been talked about by you know politicians and people, is when you look at the criminality of, like you said, less policing. We're over, you know, the, the minority communities are over policed. That if you look at the way that the laws are written, they're written to make people criminals you know you have yeah. uh, prison companies that get mm-hmm. paid to have prisoners lobbying for more laws to keep people in jail for longer sentences you know i think an immediate fix could be something along the lines of changing the drug law that that to me is an easy one let's get rid of the mm-hmm. schedule one let's decriminalize most of these drugs because honestly alcohol is probably one of the worst of them right up there with oh, heroin yeah. And, yeah. you know, if alcohol is legal, they advertise it at sporting events. You could buy it at the store. Do the same with weed. Make cocaine even similar. I don't care. I think that we've come to the point where that needs to be taken into account. And I honestly, that could be a quick, big help. And it's not just for the police. Because that ties into, you know, the police funding. If police aren't having to go around and, and bother these people for having a joint, or having any small amount of pot or even a large amount okay well then it's a commerce thing you know you should be you should have a business license whatever but it also you could take that money that the cops then don't need to have the battering rams to bust down a drug dealer because that's not a criminal offense anymore really you could take that money and put it into you know the 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 murders the rapes the other crimes that are happening still you've also got a, a ramification on the criminal uh, the court side of things where you've got less you know, people tied up in courts for these stupid things. You don't have the three strikes and you're out crap. You don't have, well, look at his rap sheet. Well, it's mostly bullshit, dr- stupid drug offenses. And, and then, you know, you've also got the uh, the economy side, the prisons. You don't have prisons filling up with all these people that we're paying for. You know, I mean, it's better use of taxpayer money. And then on the flip side of that, let's say you've got people that love pot, right? And they're, they're out there now on TV shows and whatnot, but now they want to make it their business. Now you've got it. And look at the places that they've made it legal. You've mm-hmm. got entire industries that are now being born and people that are entrepreneurs. And, you know, maybe they didn't do that great in school for whatever reason, but they like pot and they know how to, to work it. And they're, millionaire, they're, they're millionaires now. They're millionaires exactly. Now. And it, it, it creates so much more opportunity. I think that thing that could be done now. They change it now in 2020, and you will see the effects within six months, a year from now. And I think that personally, I think there would be positive effects. I think there would be big effects. And, you know, I'm just waiting for that. And, you know, the other thing, too, is that, you know, when it comes to things that are put in a negative light intentionally, you know, that narrative being imposed upon that group, that organization, those people, others, that will vilify that narrative needs to to be stopped in its tracks you know Colin Kaepernick 
is disrespecting the flag and our troops and our country is like no 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 that narrative needs to stop that mm-hmm. is not what he's doing and people do do that and i'm not saying and it's he not explained happening. he explained it to he explained it yeah but everybody white people especially because that's part of the privilege when you're a white male hetero you know owns a house has a family unfortunately you are heard in this modern day and age more than other people so the onus is on us and, and I speak for myself and other people like me to be the ones that have to step up we have to step up and say lead out lead out listen this is why he's doing it this is his intentions and I do admit I've I've fallen on you know behind on some of those things it's hard to be an advocate 100% of the time and that old saying you got to pick and choose your battles but yeah. you know I got to step it up because it's a battle worth fighting and you know it, it it does have a lot of repercussions for not mainly not for me but for people I know people I love and you know yeah. we talk about it like it's it's an isolated there's white people and black people well we know a ton of white people and black people that marry the opposite sex exactly I mean marry, marry the opposite race and mm-hmm. you know you could have a, a totally a white 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 person Mm-hmm. And somebody can assume, oh, this is you don't know that they're married to a black person. Mm-hmm. And their kids are of a darker complexion. So they they it's it's we need to wake up to the idea that, you know, it's it's the world has lot, changed. There's it's a lot going now. on. And the way things were done and the way things were thought of, they need to change. So yes. that, that's that's my rant. I, thank you for letting me get that out. Well, fellas, I think we should definitely uh, end it here and pick up at a part two at a later um, mm-hmm. date because it's been interesting. I've enjoyed this conversation. And, uh, yes. Whenever we get back on, we can pick up um, right here where we left off um, and uh, take it from there. I would like to say that there's a lot of points we touched on that could be separate conversations oh yeah as in privilege like privilege is a whole thing in in and of itself yes i i look at all of this and and, you know to try to answer the question for myself why do black lives matter and my answer is because they do yeah exactly and uh, it's it, it hurts and it kind of angers me that people just don't get that that I have people that I know that I look at and I go I don't see how you just don't get that right it's just a very simple phrase with a very simple answer and they have to make this whole thing complex mm-hmm. um, part of that also too is um people not recognizing the problem because they think the problem is something else and they want to tell you what the problem is and then they want to tell you how to fix it that's where I'm thinking you're not listening to what is being said to you and you're not even really listening to the questions being asked so I I, I think that as I've said many times on social media even to I even asked that simple question on social media and it was actually funny to me because I asked that question or I made the statement basically of that for anything to get better there needs to be more listening more listening, more understanding we have to do mm-hmm. less talking. I was then told by a person of the, the white color 
to tell me that it goes one step further past that to accommodating. And I, hmm. I was thinking, it makes sense. You're right. But I had to come back and say, but you have to get through step one and two first. Exactly. Don't skip steps. Don't tell me a comment. Well, yeah, they don't. Because in his, in his retaliation, it was a, not retaliation, in his answer, you were saying accommodating because in the accommodation, if I choose not to because of my fear, he said, then, you know, then everything's done for nothing. And I was like, that's well and understood. I said, but first you have to listen to what is being said, understand what is being said before you can truly accommodate anything. Because because mm-hmm. if you can't do one or two, three doesn't matter. And he kind of went, yeah. oh, okay. And so I went back with, but you're trying to tell me what the problem is, or you're trying to help me correct that problem. When I'm telling you, this is all that I think I need you to do. Mm-hmm. The, the situation that we have is they're not listening to us. They're not understanding us. They're afraid of us. And they were, they will not listen to or not hear what they don't understand. And they're not willing to understand. Because I guess they don't feel like they have to. I agree. Um, so yeah. it, 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 to me, it's a little bit of it's a little bit of that inconvenience. You're inconveniencing somebody to have to think or do something different or feel different. It's like, no, I just want to do what I do and I don't care. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's that's bullshit. But and, you know, we we're, we're in generation of people that just don't care they don't care about anything and it's like they almost ask the question but why do I have to care about that I don't care about that that doesn't bother me that doesn't affect me that doesn't happen over here and it's like we're just asking you to just care because one day you may want somebody to care for you mm-hmm. yeah. and, and you know we're talking just a total stranger and plus and if you, you're and, and plus if you're in the human race this yeah. should be your problem too. It's a humanistic it problem. It's if it's not a black saying, problem. It's a humanistic well, problem. Yeah. If you keep saying to me, then you know, well, why does it have to be a black problem? I said, because you made it that way, not because but, I. I don't want I'm, it to be a black problem. I want yeah. it to be eradicated. So let's not make it a black problem by solving the issue, not by yeah. just ignoring. Exactly. Yes. All right. Well, let me finish off by saying I just wanted to thank everybody for listening to our podcast today. Hope you were enlightened by what we said, or if it sparked a conversation of your own, or if you would even like to uh, have your own rebuttal to what is being said today, like to share something with us, we'd be happy to hear from you. Um, so, as always, take care and try to remember to always have a conversation with an open mind. <laughs>